Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to uh, Hosea. Hosea chapter 2. And I'm going to read from verse 14, just two verses. And it says, Therefore, I'm now going to allure her, says Hosea. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her back her vineyards and I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came up out of Egypt. Let's pray. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that every time we read your word, we find truth. And I just pray that this morning, this very simple word is going to become a revelation in our hearts. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Forgive me of my sins. Father, I just pray that our ears would be open to hear from you. That in the midst of the words that shall be spoken, that we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord God. We don't need a, a speech, Lord God. We need you. So please speak to us today, I pray. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we share the word today, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak today on the subject, the door of hope. I want to speak about the door of hope. Text that we read comes from the book of Hosea, uh, one of the minor prophets, minor only because of its size. Um, uh, Hosea preached in a time of moral and spiritual decline in Israel. Israel turned away from God. They were worshiping idols. They'd mixed Baal worship with the worship of God. It didn't happen all at once. It happened slowly. But slowly they began to drift away from God. And a lot of the prophets, God rose up the prophets to be able to speak to the people of Israel, the people of Judah, to encourage them to turn back to God. Isaiah's message, like the other ones, were a call to repentance, to turn back to God, to seek God, to turn from their rebellion. Now we read all of this uh, in, in the Old Testament. We go, what were these people thinking? What was Israel and Judah thinking that, you know, that they, first of all, God had done so much for them. So, such a rich history of how God had intervened. And here they were drifting further and further away from God. I mean, how could they do that? Reality is, it can happen to all of us. That God can do some amazing things in our lives. But if we're not careful, uh, we can slowly, gradually, they didn't just wake up one morning, I know, why don't we worship Baal today instead of God? Or why don't we mix the whole two together? They didn't, just, they didn't just wake up one morning and do that. It happened so slowly they didn't even notice. One of the things we need to understand is that faith leaks. Faith leaks. It's like a bucket that's leaking and that's why. People of Israel, every single day they had to go and collect manna. It's like us. Every single day we need to spend time with God. Every single day we need to read the Word of God because we need to fill up our faith bucket. That's why we come to church on a Sunday morning. It's why we come back again and again because we need to worship the Lord as we have this morning. We need to, be, we need to fill up our faith bucket because we know how fickle we can be as human beings, how easily we can turn away from God. 
So God raises up Hosea. Hosea really has a message of repentance, turn back to God, turn back from your rebellion. But not only God warns the people of Israel, He also speaks to them about His love for them. God is amazing. God is an amazing God. Here He is, these people have have you know turned turned away from God and God not only warns them but he starts to speak tenderly to them if they would repent and turn then he would bless them that he would restore them once again cause them to flourish in the first 13 verses of chapter 2 God warns Israel of the consequences of their sin and then from verse 14 onwards something begins to change God begins to speak of what he will do if they repent and turn, return to the Lord. The, the book of Hosea, I haven't got time to go into it, is a, is a book that speaks to us about the relationship between uh, Hosea and Goma, his wife, who became unfaithful to him. And God says to, to Hosea, go back and marry her again. And, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a description of, of the love that God has or the relationship that God has with the people of Israel who became unfaithful. Uh, to him and so here's the language that's the language of the whole book so God begins to speak about what what he will do for the people of Israel if they will repent and return to the Lord therefore I'm now going to allure her I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her and there I'll give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope and there she will respond as in the days of her youth as in the day she came up out of Egypt phrase that caught my attention as I was reading this text was and I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope the word achor there means trouble, difficulty, trial. God says, in the valley of trouble, I'm going to open a door of hope. In, in the valley of trial, in, the, in, the, in, a, in a difficult time, I'm going to open a door of hope. One of the things we all face in life is trouble. Can I hear an amen? If you haven't experienced trouble yet, stay tuned. It's on its way. We live in a world full of brokenness. And each of us will go through difficult times in our life. Either things we do, things done to us, we will experience trouble in our lives. And I love this verse because it speaks about hope, even in a challenging season. That even when we're going through a trial, a challenge, a perplexing season, that God offers a way out. That God offers a message of hope. Paul says in Corinthians, no temptation, the word temptation there is not necessarily being tempted to sin, but it's, it's the word test or trial. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tested, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What a great verse. What a great scripture of promise. It's the kind of scripture we need to memorize, that we need to know, we need to have in our back pocket when we're going through a difficult time. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. What you're going through, someone else has already gone through. We often think when we're going through a particular trial, oh, no one else has gone through what I'm going through. No, it's common to man and God is faithful. Come on, how many people are going to say a big amen to that? That God is faithful. What's going to get us through that trial, that difficulty, that challenge is the fact that we serve a faithful God. And He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. But when you are tested, when you are tried, He will also provide a way out. He will also provide a door so that you can endure it. It's a reminder 
that God is with us even in the most difficult times. It reminds us that there's always hope no matter how difficult our situation may seem. And maybe there's someone here today, you're facing a difficult time in your life. Maybe you're facing trouble. You're saying to yourself, I can't see a way through this. I can't see a way out of this. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do for this situation. If that's you this morning, I pray that this word will speak to us because every now and then all of us in our lives need to hear the word of God. We need to hear that there is a door of hope in the Valley of Achor. There are two things I want to do this morning. First, I want to speak about the kinds of trouble we face in life. And then I want to speak about how the door of hope can help us get through that trouble in our lives. And I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to us today. First of the trouble that we face in life is the trouble of sin. The Valley of Achor was a specific valley that was first mentioned in the book of Joshua. You remember that Joshua was commanded to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. The first city they faced was Jericho. They marched around the city and God gave them an incredible victory. The, the city of Jericho was impenetrable. There was no way to be able to defeat um, uh, this, this, uh, this particular city. And I love there's a scripture there when God speaks to Joshua and says, See, I have given it to you, uh, in, in, given them into your hands. And, 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 I, and I would pray that God would open up our eyes to see what God wants to do in and through us. Second city they faced was Ai. Anyway, God gave them an amazing victory. Second city they faced was Ai. Um, send in a few spies, check out the land of Ai, and it looked pretty basic, pretty, uh, pretty small, um, easy to defeat. Compared to Jericho, this was going to be a piece of cake. And so they thought, well, you know, rather than send a full army into Ai, uh, they said, well, why don't we just send a few people in? Because this should be an easy, an easy victory. So Israel went against Ai and they were defeated. In fact, 36 people died in that particular battle. So Joshua uh, began to seek the Lord to understand why they had lost the battle. You can imagine the confusion in Joshua's mind. Here they were, they, they, they were confronting Jericho, this massive city. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then suddenly there's this little, there's this little AI and they're, they're completely uh, defeated. N never underestimate the little things to destroy our lives. It's the little foxes that destroy us. It's those little decisions. It's those little compromises that destroy our lives. Never forget that. It's not the big things. So Joshua began to seek the Lord. I can just imagine Joshua going, God, what have we done? What's happened? Why have, what's happened? We, you've led us out of Egypt and, and with miracle after miracle. And now we, we are defeated by this, this, this AI, this little nothing. What had happened is that God had told Israel not to take any of the spoils from Jericho. And the Bible says, but the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Kami, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them, and so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. The Bible tells us there's a whole passage there. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold by his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent and all that he had, to the valley of Achor. There it is. And Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. And then all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. First kind of trouble we all face in life is the trouble of sin. 
Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all of us. That's everyone. And in the eyes of God, there is no such thing as big or small sin. Sin is regarded as sin. And maybe this morning we find ourselves in the Valley of Achor. Valley of Achor is the place where we come face to face with the sin in our own lives, where we feel condemned, where we think, what was I thinking? Where the enemy accuses us day and night, says the book of Revelation, where we know that God has forgiven us, but we struggle to forgive ourselves. We know the Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, but we're struggling to forgive ourselves. Where our actions have caused suffering and trouble for others. The Valley of Achor is the place where we continue to struggle with addictions, where, where we fight with sin, where there's this constant battle with sin and shame. Valley of Achor is the place of guilt where we say, I could never be used by God. I, 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 can, I can never, God could never forgive me of what, what I've done. God, I can never get through this particular situation. If that's you today, I want you to know that God. We serve is a merciful God. Can I hear an amen somewhere? The God that we serve is the God of hope. That when we confess our sins to God, He's faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David, in speaking about his sin, said, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But here, here's the change. Then I acknowledge my sin to you. And did not cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. The first, the first kind of trouble that we all face is the trouble of sin. And the good news is that God can open a door of hope even in the valley of sin. That even in the darkest uh, place of our lives, that God can still open a door of hope by His grace and for His glory. Second kind of trouble we all face in life is the trouble of suffering. We all experience suffering at some point in our life. Suffering comes in many shapes and forms, whether it's physical suffering, issues with our health, relational, emotional, financial, spiritual. We feel like we're trapped in a valley of pain and despair and there's no way out. Many times we find ourselves in situations that just don't seem to make any kind of sense. God seems absent, powerless. We can't sense God's presence. We don't know what to do. Um, it's Asaph, Psalm 73. Lord, I, I know that you're a good God, but, <laughs> but <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> what, 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 what I see before my eyes just isn't making any sense, Lord God. One of the greatest challenges in life it's not so much hopelessness, but despair. When we face trouble that we don't understand, one of the greatest challenges, it's not so much hopelessness, but despair. Despair is even deeper than hopelessness. Despair is when we hit rock bottom and there's, there's no way deeper that we can go. It's where we feel like there is absolutely no way out. Like Elijah, we say to ourselves, I've had enough. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm, I'm no better than my ancestors. Anybody ever got to a place in your life where you've said, I, I've just had enough, Lord. That's you today. I want you to know that the God we serve is with us even when we can't sense his presence. That the God is with us 
even when we can't make sense of what we're going through. Even when we can't hear His voice, sense His presence, even when we can't see God, He is right there with us. And even for Elijah, when he, was, when he hit rock bottom, there was no deeper or further down that he could go. Even then, the angel of the Lord appears to him and begins to speak to him a word into his life. I want you to know that maybe, might be some people today, you find yourself in a, in a, in a, in a valley of suffering. That even in the valley of suffering, that he can reveal himself as the God of hope. I love, I, love, I love Paul's words to the Romans in chapter 15, verse 13. He says, may the God of hope, I tell you the God that we serve, he's the God of hope. He's the God of strength. He's the God of power. He's the God who knows all things. He's the, that's why it's so important to study the names of God. It reveals the character of God. One of his names is he's the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Everybody say joy and peace. One of the things we crave in this life is just joy and peace. One of the things that seems to elude us in this, in this life where we've got everything we, we could possibly dream of is joy and peace. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there it is right there. How is hope going to begin to come? Do I need to... Do I need to work hope up? No, it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the grace of God. How can hope begin to rise in the valley of trouble? I tell you, it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the grace of God. That's why we begin to lift our hands and worship the Lord. Because lifting our hands and worshiping the Lord is a sign of, of saying inside of our hearts, is a sign to God, say, God, I got nothing left. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else to do. There's, I can't think this through one more time, Lord God. All I can do is begin to lift my hands and begin to worship the Lord. Because He's the God of hope. He's the God of grace. He's the God of mercy. He's the, he's, he's the God who makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a one. In the valley of Achor, He becomes the door of hope by His grace and for His glory. Isaiah says, but they that Wait upon the Lord, but they that hope in the Lord, He shall renew their strength. They will soar up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Third type of problem is the problem of uncertainty. We live in a world that is constantly changing. We never know what the future holds and, and that can be scary. Often what causes us grief and trouble is not the problems of today, but fear of what might happen tomorrow. Anxiety about the future, all the turmoil in the world, the challenges in the world, political unrest, moral decline. We can start to feel anxious and uncertain. Uh, fear is a form of faith. It's the opposite of faith, by the way. Uh, faith is believing that God is going to intervene. Faith is believing that God is going to see me through. Fear is the complete opposite. It's, it's believing that something bad is going to happen. <laughs> really believe it. I'm confessing it every single day. Something bad is going to happen to me in the future. That's what fear is. Fear is believing. I believe that something bad is going to happen. I think something bad is going to happen to me. And when we believe something, when we think something bad is going to happen, it affects how we feel. It affects what we do. It affects, it starts to take a hold of us. Fear. That's why fear is the opposite of faith. 
That's why the greatest thing that we can do is begin to just, just begin to confess faith in God. God is going to see me through by his grace and for his glory. The good news is if we find ourselves in the valley of un, unrest, that, that, that we need to know that God is with us. That as the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They protect me and they guide me. Good news is that no matter what kind of trouble we face in life, God promises a door of hope. He says in the valley of Achor, in the valley of sin, in the valley of suffering, trouble, uncertainty, I will, whatever issues you might be facing where you say, this is bigger than me, I can't, I can't deal with this, I don't know what to do next. He will provide a door of hope by His grace and for His glory. Question is, how, how do we access that door? How do we access the door of hope? Well, the first thing we need to do is believe that God can open a door in the darkest valley. One of the things that's so important in life is hope. Hope deferred, says Proverbs, makes the heart sick. When we don't have hope, it actually makes us physically sick. The anxiety, the, the fear, uh, uh, the lack of sleep has the capacity to, to actually make us sick physically. What it's saying is there that hope, the lack of hope can affect us profoundly. David said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, I, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope. I would have given up unless I believed. What got me through was I believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Psalm 27 is a psalm about, about fear. Um, it, it, it's, it's, uh, obviously, David was going through some kind of a terrifying situation. And at the end of it, he says, you know, I nearly gave up. But what got me through was I believed that I would see the goodness of God. The Passion Translation says this. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. What a powerful scripture. What a great translation. If there's something the enemy wants to do is get us to lose hope. He wants to bring us to a place where we turn our back on God, no longer believe in God. Where is this God that we serve? Where we forget all the benefits and all the things that God has done in our lives. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. But so often we get to, we sang about this this morning, just powerful. Uh, uh, so often we get to a place where, well, we can't remember all the things that God has done in our lives. The enemy tempts us saying, you have failed miserably. God can never use you. you crossed the line. You've gone too far. Problem's too big. You don't have what it takes to get through this. Greatest challenge when we're in the Valley of Achor is to believe that God is with us. The greatest challenge in the Valley of Achor is to believe that God can see us through. In, in the greatest challenge in the Valley of Achor is to believe that, that's, that, that we can get out of this valley because it just feels like there is no way out of this. It's the greatest challenge that we have. It's the greatest battle that we experience in our mind. It's what keeps us up in the middle of the night because we wonder, I just can't see a way out of this. It's the greatest challenge to believe that God could see us through. 
to believe that no matter how far we've fallen, God is with us. That no matter how dark it may seem, that God is still there. That even in the, in the valley of Achor, how did I get in the valley of Achor? I was doing so well in the mountains and on the mountaintops. I was doing, how did I end up in the valley of Achor? But in the valley of Achor, Greatest challenge is to believe that God could be our door of hope. The Bible tells us the story of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was brought into a valley of dry bones, a valley full of dead, dry bones. And God says to him, son of man, can these bones live? I love Ezekiel's response in here. He says, I says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. You know, here we don't see Ezekiel. Yes, of course the bones can live. You know, I don't see any of that. He says he's smart enough to say, you know what? I don't see any hope for these bones, but maybe you do. Lord, only you really know. Only you really know. Later in the text, God tells Ezekiel what the dry bones represent. He says in verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So God asks Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? Question God is asking you and me, right where you are, in the valley that you're in right now. In the valley. Do, you, do, you think, do you think that God could do something even in this situation? Do you think He could open a door of hope? So God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So Ezekiel begins to speak to the dry bones, the word of the Lord and the dry bones began to come to life. You know the song? Hip bones connected to the ankle bone. Thigh bone. No, no. Hip, no, it doesn't go down the ankle yet, just yet. There's the thigh in between. That's where it comes from, right here. Shall we sing it? Or do you want me to sing it? Do you want me to sing it? I don't know what the dry bones represent to you. I want you to know there's power in the Word of God. It's power in the Word of God to bring life to that which seems dead. The power of the Holy Spirit can breathe life into the valley of Achor, places of despair. Zechariah says, this is the Word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of what? Grace, grace, grace. What's going to get us through the valley of Achor is not our intelligence, not how smart we are, not how strong we are, not how many years we've been in church. What's going to get us through the valley of Achor is the grace of God. That's it. That's it. But there's nothing else we can do. All we can do is stand. Say, God, I just thank you that you're my door of hope. First thing that we need to do is believe that God can open a door in the darkest places of our life. This is the greatest challenge that we have. It's where the battle is. The battle is in our minds. The battle is in our hearts. No, I, I just, I just, I understand. I understand what you're saying, Pastor Joe. It doesn't apply to me. It's the greatest challenge to believe that God could see us through even in the darkest valley. Second thing that we need to do is pray, Lord, open my eyes to see the door of hope. It's a great story in Genesis 21 that describes uh, this. It's the story of Hagar and Ishmael. 
God promises Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation, the nation of Israel. The only problem was both Abraham and Sarah were getting old and they didn't have any children. So Sarah says to Abraham, why don't you have a child with my servant Hagar? Abraham thought, yep. Hagar has a little boy and she calls him Ishmael. Abraham says, finally the promise has arrived, but God says to him, no, he's not the, he's not, he's not the promise. God says, oh, bless Ishmael. But he's not the promise. Never be too hasty with God. If God has given you a promise, wait for God. Stop trying to manufacture things on your own. It's only going to deepen the situation. Later, Sarah miraculously gets pregnant and has a son and calls him Isaac. So the two boys are, going, are growing up. Sarah becomes jealous of Hagar. She's the one who suggested it. Now she's, she's not, not a great idea. So one day she sees Ishmael mocking Isaac. And so she says to Abraham, get rid of them. So Abraham is distressed and God reassures him and says, do whatever Sarah tells you to do. Bible says, early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and God, and, and gave them to Hagar. He set them on the shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Bathsheba. When the food and the water ran out, the Bible says that Hagar put her son down near a bush. She said, I can't bear to watch him die. And she went and sat under another tree. And the Bible says, and she sat there nearby and she began to sob. Anyone ever been there? A place where you just can't do nothing else but sob. Anyone ever wandered in a desert and there doesn't seem to be any way through. For Hagar, there was no food, no water. She can't go back to Abraham. And so she sits there sobbing, waiting for her and her son to die. The Bible says, God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand for I will make him into a great nation. That was verse 18, verse 19. And then God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water. And so she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. What a, what a, what a great scripture. And then God opened her eyes and she saw the well of water. What's really interesting for me is the well was always there, but she couldn't see it until God opened up her eyes. That's why it's the grace of God. That's why the only thing that's going to get us through the Valley of Achor is the grace of God. That's why we need to see God. That's why we cry out to God because he's the only one that's going to see us through. Because there are times where it seems we've exhausted all of our options. There's no solution, no way out. May as well give up. It's in those times we need God to open our eyes to see the door of hope, to see what we cannot see with our natural eyes. Bible says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing something new. Stop thinking about the past. See, I want to do something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert. Very hard to make a road in the desert. And I am making streams in the wasteland. Well, there's no water in the wasteland. God says, I'm making a way where there doesn't seem to be a way for you. I don't know what challenges you're facing right now. But maybe it just looks like one dead end after another. What you need is God to open the eyes of your heart to see the door of hope. Because there's a door right there. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to believe. I can't, I can't feel it. I can't think it. I, just, I, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Joe, uh, uh, but, but I, just, I just don't feel it. But you know what? I'm going to believe it in the name of Jesus. It's God's Word. God's Word is powerful. God's Word is a strong tower that we run to whenever we're in trouble. Okay, Pastor Joe, I'm going to believe that there's a door of hope. And then I'm going to pray, Lord, I just thank you for a door of hope. And pray, Lord, would you open my eyes so that I can see what you see. So open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Third thing we need to understand is who the door of hope is. The door of hope is Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find parts. It's not a church. It's not a religion. It's not. It's Jesus. These are the words of him, says Revelation, is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. In the darkest valley, we need to remember that Christ is with us. Pastor, how can we really believe that? How can we have faith when... We feel so lost and desperate. The answer is look to Jesus. Hebrews says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out with, for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will, listen carefully, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will not grow weary and lose hope. Cross gives us hope because Jesus himself knows what it's like to be in the valley of despair. It was Jesus, as he was nailed to the cross, who said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus died and three days later rose again. And if Jesus rose from the dead, so can we. So can we. I wonder this morning, there might be someone who's in a valley of Acor. You're facing a trial, trouble in your life. Might be an issue with sin, an issue with your health, relational, emotional, financial, spiritual, suffering of whatever, whatever suffering looks like. Whatever trouble looks like for you. If that's you today, I want you to know that even in the darkest place, God can open a door of hope. That even in the place of your worst failures, deepest wounds, the Lord can open a door of hope. He can, he can open a door in the worst places of our life. Scripture goes on to say in Hosea, she shall sing there in the valley of Achor. This is from the New King James, as in the days of your, her youth, as in the days when she came out from the land of Egypt. God wants to restore to you the joy of the Lord so you can sing again like you did before. One of the things that happens when we're in a, a valley like this is we remember. David says this, I remember how I used to lead the processions. I remember, I remember how good, every, I remember how I used to worship. I remember experiencing the presence and now it's all gone. And God, God says, God says, listen, in your valley of Achor, I'm going to open a door of hope and you're going to start to sing again. You're going to worship again. God wants to restore our joy. That even in the darkest place, 
Even in the darkest prison, God can set you free like He did Paul and Silas. That even in the burning furnace, Christ can stand with you and protect you. All we need to do is put our faith in Him. In a similar passage in Isaiah, God is speaking uh, to the people uh, of Israel about their sin. It's the same, same, same. Isaiah, Hosea, same, same passage. But then He says, Sharon will become a pasture for flocks. It's a place. And the Valley of Achor, a resting place for herds, for my people who seek me. For the people who seek me, says the Lord, the Valley of Achor will become a place of blessing. So Pastor Joe, what, what, what do I do? Okay, great. I got it. What do I do? All we can do is continue to seek God. And the Valley of Achor, a resting place for her, of herds for my people who seek me. I encourage you to just cry out to God. To seek God. To pray like Jehoshaphat. Pray, I don't know what to do, Lord. But my eyes are upon. Anyone ever been there? And as we wait on God, He will open a door and make a way where there doesn't seem to be one. By His grace and for His glory. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Stand together. Such an easy sermon to preach or amazing to preach. Even to read the text is easy too. It's when you find yourself in a valley of Achor where the rubber hits the road and, and then it becomes another story. I know we've just about run out of time, but I do want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning because I just, I just, I'm sure there's people here that are finding themselves in such a place today. Um, and I want to encourage you. Just keep on seeking God. There's been times in my own life where uh, I've been in my own version of a Valley of Acor too many times. And I, I remember one particular time saying to God, you know what, God? I'm just going to keep on seeking you. And I'll be back tomorrow. Back the day after next week. I'll be back next month. <laughs> next year, I'll be back. I'm just going to keep on seeking. I've got, no, got no plan B. You are it. That's it. I don't understand everything. But I know, I know, I know, I know your word is truth. We've passed that, Lord God. I'm not going to start quite, are you real or not real? No. I got baptized many, many, many years ago. I got baptized. You believe Jesus died on the cross? I believe it. Are you willing to serve Him all the days of your life? I absolutely am. Then in the name of Jesus, I baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I made a commitment that day to serve Jesus all the days of my life when things are going good. All the days of my life. I got no plan B. God has done so much in my life. Do I understand what I'm going through? No, I don't understand. But you know what? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God because His Word says that even in the valley of Achor, even in the worst, worst, worst situation, He can open a door of hope. That's the God I'm going to trust. Well, what else am I going to trust? Luck? Good luck, bad luck. What, what, what else? I'm going to trust the God that died and three days later rose from the dead. Not someone who's still in the tomb. I'm going to trust God. And by His grace and for His glory, He's going to see me through. So here's what I want to do. You can take the board. Here's what I want to do. Uh, we're just going to sing a song 
quickly. And if you're in a Valley of Acor, I'm just going to invite you to come. It's, it's going to stand here at the front. And uh, I'm not going to pray for you individually. I'm just going to pray a prayer. But I, wa- but I, I just I want you to respond. And, and the response is a statement. It's a statement that says, God, you know what? I'm going to trust you. 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 You were faithful to Israel. You were faithful to the people of Israel. The, the, Bible is, the Bible is a historical record of the faithfulness of God to His people. And you've proven yourself to be faithful. And I know you're going to prove yourself to be faithful to me again. So we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing a, a chorus. And I want you to come quickly and we're going to pray. And then we're going to wrap this up. If that's you, uh, feel free to come and just stand as a, as a, as a declaration trusting God. Thank you. Just put your hands out towards the Lord. So proud of those that have come and uh, what a great declaration before the Lord to say, Lord, I, I don't know what else to do, Lord God, but, but I put my faith in you. I trust you, Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, they that hope in the Lord, He shall renew their strength. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not be faint. They that hope in the Lord. Our hope is in you, Lord God. So Father, I just pray for every individual here. Just acknowledge and recognize that every individual is a story. That every single individual that's here, that's that's come, Lord God, is a, is, a, is a story. It's a battle. It's a challenge. It's trouble, whatever it looks like, Lord. Father, I, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, that, Father, that faith would begin to rise in their hearts, that where there's fear, faith would begin to rise in their hearts. Father, that you would put a song in their spirit, Lord God, begin to sing and worship and praise you, Lord God. I pray their eyes would be open to, to see what cannot be seen with natural eyes. I pray for strength, Lord God, that as the enemy seeks to bring them down, Lord God, I just pray that by the Spirit of God, Father, that, um, that the Spirit of God is going gonna, is gonna to withstand every attack of the enemy, Lord God. That as the, the enemy comes in like a flood, you, you, you're going you, to build a a, a, a wall that's going to withstand every attack of the enemy. That what the enemy's meant for harm, you're going to use for good. That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. None of them. By your grace and for your glory. So give strength where there's no strength. Give hope where there's no hope, Lord God, I pray. Father, speak to us by the Holy Spirit, I pray. Let your name be glorified, I pray. Father, I just pray for strength to stand strength to stand, faith to stand. Even in the midst of the storm, I pray. We will give you all the glory and the honor that's due to your name. Bind every work of the enemy. Bind every thought that is not of you in Jesus' name. I bind every attack of the enemy in Jesus' name. I bind every every thought that says there is no hope, but there is no hope. This is it. I bind that thought in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that in the valley of Achor, you become the door of hope by your grace and for your glory. And this we pray and ask 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a clap offering.